All right, welcome to another amazing episode of Best Hour of Their Day. I'm here with Joe Bauer. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jason. I'm excited. We were just saying, you know, I I couldn't remember if I was on yours or you were on mine, but I, I always tell people, you know, they, they ask about interviewing people. And one of the big things for me is after an interview, be it on your show or ours, I, if I feel like we have a friendship, I felt like it was a good interview. And yeah. I felt like after you and I spoke, it's like one of those things where, you know, now we communicate on the regular and the, you know, uh, Joe Ward from last week, who you kind of introduced me to, I feel the same way about and a handful of other people. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I, I still wish that you'd follow us around in the van. Well, well, let's talk about it. My wife will not let me do that again. You know, we did it for a brief <laughs> period of time. We, you know, we traveled in, the, in a camper, yeah. you know, almost stopped a marriage from happening, you know, free, <laughs> free wedding, but, but you have been going for how long now? Well, we would be just getting to two years right now, but because of the COVID thing, we've been bouncing around a couple of houses for the last, gosh, since it started. So we were out skiing actually in Grand Targhee when things got closed down and we had our best powder day of the season and they closed it after that and it kept on snowing. So we we're sitting there in the parking lot thinking, oh man, I wish I could go up and ski. And then they started closing down campgrounds. So we had to uh, jet back to the Seattle area where we're from. So you were literally somewhere to ski and they shut down the place. Like people were up on the mountain type of thing and like, hey, everybody's off. So we were on the mountain and they had an announcement that went out this was saying that today was the last day and it was a Sunday. And then, you know, people were upset because, because the snow was great. And, and those that, those that get out there for the powder, that's incredibly important for them. So I imagine there's a lot of angry skiers and snowboarders on the mountain at that point. Yeah, I mean, people were trying to hike up the mountain to ski down. I mean, they didn't even need the lifts, you know, so, and I could relate to that, but it's unfortunate. They had to shut us down. No uphill travel, no downhill travel, and the snow was great. So sad. I wonder what their concern was at that point, because it's almost like, hey, if you're on this mountain, you're probably safe. You're probably, you know, at that point, corona free. Yeah, I mean, that's what we were hoping for. And we talked to a couple of the ski patrol and that's what they were hoping for as well. It turns out though, that I think that there were several other mountains that had been closing down and they just were kind of following suit. So where are you currently? I mean, you're in your van right now. Where are you currently parked? My, it's in my fiance's parents' driveway right now where <laughs> it's over in Enumclaw, Washington, which is not a bad place to be at all. And, you know, we've got pretty much a full gym set up here. So that's fantastic. Just doing driveway workouts. But the van is fairly immobile these days. But are you guys, that's a, that's a hard place to be like, hey, do you go and spend the night with your fiance's parents or do you sleep by yourselves in the van? So they have a nice big house that actually has a separate living area that we can live in the house and be separated if we wanted to but we've got a great relationship with them so we don't spend any time in the van really i come in here to work and just kind of get away and do podcasts like this so it's like my mobile office so so you've been prior to this going down you've been traveling i mean for those that don't know i mean you've been traveling the world like you said or the country for almost two years but you've been staying fit while doing it and that's really what i want to hear about what what has been the journey for you two as far as traveling but also staying healthy? Because I think for so many people, as soon as they leave their house to go somewhere, typically a vacation, it's like, all right, time to eat, time to drink, time to party, and let's not go to the gym for a couple of days. Man, if I had a dollar for every time somebody yelled at me as I was doing lunges or something through a campground, you're on vacation, why are you working? out I would be a rich man right now <laughs> really you get that a lot oh my gosh yeah I do and unfortunately it, it, when I when it happens I'm like well you know my vacations I usually work out more on so 
I don't understand what you're, why you're not working. Out. Isn't that a terrible mindset? You know, yeah. like, yeah. hey, you're on, like, you're on vacation. Yeah, exactly. I have more time to do what I love. Totally, I agree. Like, you know what? Are, I, I mean, what are those people typically doing? They're probably sitting in a lounge chair drinking beer while you're lunging past them. Dude, I'm usually like, so does that mean that you're working out so much when you're not on vacation that you need the vacation from your working out? And they're just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, and, and, and there's time. I mean, when I was, especially when I was bodybuilding more than cross, or even during CrossFit where it's like, hey, sometimes you like push yourself leading up to that time off. And, and sometimes it's just to look good on the beach. But sure. then you're like, all right, my body needs a couple of days. This is actually good. And I know for me, I mean, and, and again, you're not on vacation, you're living. I would say. Right. Right. But I mean, for there've been times you go on plenty of people go on vacation, take a few days off, get a good night's sleep, have a little less stress. And they get home. They're like, I'm down five pounds. What's going on? Well, <laughs> you know, your body just needed to chill the F out, but you, you know, you are basically what would appear to be a vacation to most. I mean, you're just living. Absolutely. That's it. Yep. So you're when, when you're, when the van was moving or even now, what, what equipment do you have on it? So we have two 50-pound dumbbells, two 35-pound dumbbells, a 70-pound kettlebell, a 53-pound kettlebell, and a set of bands. You have almost – that's basically the same exact equipment I'm, my wife and I have here in our apartment in Boulder. I think we have a 35-pound kettlebell, which you didn't mention, and um, – well, now we have a Peloton bike. You don't have oh, one of those, but you've yeah. got the open road, you know, so we, you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need the bike. I, th I thought I've been seeing you train with some barbells. So at the, at, at my fiance's parents' house, we keep a set of barbells and like, I think it's like 350 pounds above. Had that before we hit the road. Actually, a funny story is that we had that, in the van when we started the trip so like if you imagine the hallway of the van here had two barbells in it we actually started with a rogue squat rack that we would assemble when we got to campgrounds and we had uh about that 350 pounds of bumper weights that some of which was behind the front seats and some of which were on this trailer hitch box thing that we had it just became so hard to get that stuff in and out that we decided to dump it after about six months and go with the the bar or with the dumbbells and the kettlebells, but we, we do have that set up. <laughs> well, you know, and at some point, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're realizing. And I think a lot of people around the world are realizing like, yes, we all want to get back to the box. Yes. We all want to be around our community, but you can stay pretty fit. I mean, I'm not concerned about the impact of this as far as gyms will open, people will be safe again. My concern is people are going to realize I don't need all this fancy stuff. Turns out, two or three sets of dumbbells and a couple of kettlebells can do the trick. I agree. What, what's been the hardest, I'll, I'll give you, let me rephrase this. For me, what I notice is living in the apartment, training with what I have, I'm doing less pulling motions. Yeah. So, we know, we have a TRX that we might, my wife will take it out, throw it on like a tree or I'll throw it on the bathroom, you know, it has to sit on the right side of the door. Um, to work and then get some dumbbells and, and stuff so you can row but I've not done a pull-up in two plus months so on that note like what are some of the things you notice that you can see deficiencies in your training so I originally thought it was mostly just like the heavier strength stuff um, because in order to get those types of muscular contractions you just you know, we'd have to pick up rocks or something that we found, and that wasn't always the case or something always available. You literally pick <laughs> up rocks. If we're at a campground and there's some good rocks to pick up, yeah, I'd put on some clothes that would not scrape myself up and some gloves and then try and pick up odd objects like rocks or logs and things like that. But that's, like I said, that's not consistent, you know, from campground to campground. And it's actually fairly rare that we'd find those particular things. But I'm with you. The pulling movements are a hard one. We would spend time um, going to playgrounds to get pulling movements. And a lot of times we weren't able to do a lot of like the butterfly or, or kipping so much because the, the surface on the things that we're holding on to were not great or they're like chains from swings or something oh, like that. Oh man, like 
monkey bars will tear your hands up. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the other thing about them is what I've noticed, and obviously now you can't even use that. That was kind of what I was relying on at first. You have to do a lot of strict movement, but whether it's like, hey, you're using monkey bars, so you have to take this really weird grip, or like you said, you're using, you could do strict stuff, but it's hard to get the kipping motion or the butterfly behind it. Yeah, I haven't done a muscle up since we were in Park City and we dropped it in Chris Spieler's gym. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to work out hard when you're around. You got to, <laughs> hopefully you didn't catch, he had uh, COVID. I know, yeah. We were there what? like a couple months before that. <laughs> All right, so maybe you gave it to him, who knows. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, w- with that being said, do you do anything specific to try to target that? Like, I'm just kind of resigned to, hey, you know, and I saw this online. So many people are just like burpees and push-ups all day long. I'm like, there's going to be some, a lot of imbalance going on when this is done. Yeah. We've taken up a lot more rowing exercises and with the bands, you can get into the position of like a pull-up, you know, if you like a bent over banded pull or putting the bands up higher. So we're doing a lot of variations with that as well as, you know, stuff that you've done in the past with like the more tempo related things so that you're just getting more time under tension um having done bodybuilding in the past myself i'm sure you know there's a lot of transfer that that can have over to crossfit when you get back to it so it's like it's interesting that doing those particular movements in a slow tempo and and kind of changing things up will still keep a lot of strength you know i picked up a barbell the other day and a clean and i cleaned 265 fairly easy and that would have been, you know, like, I don't know, close to getting close to 90% for me. So it's, I hadn't done that in at least six months, if not longer. Well, I think that's important because, you know, I'm noticing you're, I mean, I am doing like a lot of push-ups or a lot of body weight movements, more burpees and been riding a bike a lot more than usual. And it's important, I think, for people to realize, Hey, if you, work these different muscle groups and you work them in different ways it could pay off and like you said you pick up a barbell you don't have to go heavy and you don't have to clean to stay strong and to be good at cleaning no definitely not with with that being said i mean i definitely i'm a little concerned next time i get under a barbell and try to squat what have you done to to stay strong in, in those types of movements and obviously now you're you have a barbell but more so when you were on the road yeah, so we've been utilizing a lot of um, uh, single leg squats, single leg deadlifts, that type of stuff. I mean, if you take a 70-pound kettlebell and try and do, I don't usually get people all the way or, or myself even all the way down to the bottom of pistol squat because of the flexion in the lower back, but I'll do like a half pistol squat where I can keep my back flat as I go down or to the depth that I can go to. And that will just crush me from a strength component or strength movement, um, doing a, a kettlebell in a front rack position. Yeah, basically like a goblet, like a goblet pistol almost. It, absolutely, yeah. That'll just, if you haven't tried that, try it. It'll smash Well, you got me thinking I might have to do that later. I mean, you know, I've just been kind of taking it easy, not taking it easy, but I should say I'm just kind of like resigned myself to the fact like, hey, we don't have a lot of heavy weights, but, you know, body weight movements like we're talking about and you know, throwing around some, some dumbbells will keep you strong, but that's a great idea. I'm going to, I'm going to hit it. And I mean, it it doesn't sound like much, but 70 pounds and a pistol, you're just working so many different muscles and neuromuscularly making connections to your brain. I'm sure you're going to come back stronger because of it. Oh my gosh. There. Yeah. Let me know how that goes for you. It's really hard for me. So there's strength being gained. Well, yeah, I'm excited to try that. What, what's been the most creative workouts you and, and your fiance have come up with on the road? Oh, man, we don't, I wouldn't say that they're that much different from what we're going to have in our, our regular box, you know, because as we came from there, a lot of the workouts are stemming from that particular stuff. But I would say that most of them come down to like the, this interesting single arm stuff, like doing a, a single arm thruster where you can like switch in the air is one of the fun ones that I've done recently. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, single arm kettlebell movements. Uh, and also we're seeing them all the time right now, but something that before COVID hit, jump squats, man. If you haven't done jump squats, those will give me the best leg pump I have ever had. And I can hardly move after them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I did a workout with my wife Saturday, and there was jump squats in it. And yeah, I mean, especially it's like anything. If you keep the integrity of the movement, like really think about squeezing your butt, opening your hips. 20 reps in, your legs are just on a different type of burn than you're used to. Oh, man. We went through a, a daily challenge a little while back when we were getting ready for the ski season, which involved these things called leg blasters. Have you heard of those? No, what's that? So you do 20 air squats, 20 standing lunges, 20 jumping lunges, 20 squat jumps, and that's one leg blaster. Wait, wait, wait. I want to write this down because I might do this later. Tell me that again. <laughs> so you, you do 20 just regular air squats, right. 20, 20 lunges just in place. 20, total, 20 lunges total. Yep, 10 each leg. Yep. Um, 20 jumping lunges, again, 10 each leg, and then followed by 20 jumping squats. And that's, and that's one round. And the, the guy that I got this from was like, in order to get ready for ski season, I do this until I can get three rounds unbroken. So you're doing, I mean, you're doing 80, that's 240 reps. It's legit, man. How, how, <laughs> can you make it through one round unbroken? Yeah, so I got up to two rounds unbroken. That's the best I've done. All right, and, I'm gonna, you've given me, I'm going to hit a leg day today, it sounds like. Yeah, dude. And if you want to make it really spicy, if you're feeling confident, put on a no. weight vest. I, was say, I, knew, <laughs> I knew something was coming. No, I don't want to make it spicy. It's, it's funny, you know, talking about leg strength, the two things that have left me the most sore during this quarantine were one day I did 400 meters of lunges and I kind of mapped oh. it out. So I did like a little over 500 lunges and it took me about 20 minutes. And then I was like, all right, I never want to do that again. And then a couple of weeks later, I was bored. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. But every like 100, I did, uh, I did like 20 push-ups. I did 50 lunges, 20 push-ups for five, or five rounds. And I was wrecked again. And my wife was like, you're dumb. Like, you knew you were going to get that. Why'd you do it? Like, don't complain. So when, when, we're, talking, <laughs> when we're talking about keeping leg strength, I mean, like, like we're saying, and especially – you know, we, we talked to Dr. Sean a lot on the show from Active Life and all, you know, there's so much to be gained by going one side at a time that people forget about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we could just talk about that all day long if we wanted to. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, just the fact that you're using only dumbbells, it just trains your body very differently than a barbell. And I think for a lot of people, it's safer. We don't have to worry about wrist flexion and, and banging things up and your collarbones. It's I've been enjoying it. So I'm, I'm, you know, do I want to get back to the gym and squat? Sure. But I've definitely learned a lot about what I'm going to continue to do here. Do you intend on getting back on the road after this? Yeah, that's the plan. We were going to actually go down to Leadville, Colorado. So I'm turning 40 here in the next month. And we had signed up for a trail marathon in Leadville, Colorado, which starts at 12,000 feet. And that was oh, supposed is that to be... The one that Matt Chan does? Maybe. Matt could be doing something that's more intense than that. Oh, no, Matt did the, uh, I think I saw he did the 100-miler mountain bike race there. Yeah, that's what, well, I love that you're, like, more intense than a marathon at 12,000 feet. <laughs> we'll like, be, that particular race got famous for the 100-mile marathon. So right. when I, when I talk about the regular marathon, I'm like, well... <laughs> Well, yeah. So, you, well, if you make it out here, I'd love to see you. I'd love to get together in person. We're not, you know, we're not too far, I think, in Boulder here. So, oh, yeah. so what do you, what do you, what, what will it take for you to feel confident leaving again? Um, I, we're actually confident right now. It's just opening up of the campgrounds because right, this, you have nowhere to park. Exactly. I mean, we could, we could park off on like, you know, secluded land somewhere and that would be fine. But because we still work full time, that doesn't, that's not great because a lot, we spend a lot of time going into coffee shops or at least like it, when this first started, we would go out front of Starbucks and just park in front of Starbucks and take, you know, use their Wi-Fi, And that worked out great. Um, but we'd have to have something that was close enough when we were camping to get to the Starbucks in order to be able to work on our regular you know, full-time job. So you would just pull the, I mean, the cool thing about a sprinter van is it can fit in the typical on a street parking, et cetera. What you would literally just park outside of a place and snag their Wi-Fi? 
Oh yeah, we did it, you know, probably for two or three weeks as we were figuring out this COVID thing. So that worked out great. And most of the people too, like at Starbucks, their employees, we don't, we don't fit through their drive-through. So if we could convince them to give us coffee from the drive-through, we would buy it and we'd just, you know, be sitting there. They knew what we were doing. We would, hey. <laughs> right. So you're trying to be a good person, trying to support them, not just, not just take their Wi-Fi for free. And we all need coffee anyway. So <laughs> has, has having to use um, third party Wi-Fi, if you will, made you a more patient person? Oh my gosh, this, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that was like the major stressor when we first hit the road for me, because as you know, like doing video uploads, they, they're legit, you know, video uploads take a long time. If you have, can you even internet. do that on Starbucks? Like it's so slow. Could you even do that? Dude, here is the key. And if anybody is going to have this lifestyle, this is the key for you and you will thank me forever. Whole Foods. Best Wi-Fi? Best Wi-Fi across the whole country. And it's not even, it's better than home Wi-Fi. It's so good. But you can't park outside of Whole Foods and grab their Wi-Fi. No, we'd be in trouble right now. But most of the time we'd go into Whole Foods and we end up, you know, hanging out there and spending a bunch of money because they've got f great food and they've got great coffee and they've got a great Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, yes, I agree. You go to Whole Foods, you grab the hot bar and the coffee, you're like, $20 in for some Wi-Fi, but hey, it, yeah. it's worth it. So, you know, obviously you, you've made your, you've continued to live, you continue to run your business on the road. What have been some other struggles that you've, that you've dealt with? I would say the biggest struggle was getting over having a specific time and place to work out. And what I mean by that is we're going to be at a Whole Foods or a Starbucks or some other small coffee shop working. And usually you'd have a scheduled time. You're like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym at 5 p.m. or noon or, or whatever it may be. Or like, you know, my spending the whole gym and just there. Um, but I would have to get used to just throwing a towel out on a, a open parking spot and doing workout right there in the Starbucks or in the Whole Foods parking lot and being okay with people driving through and looking at me like I was crazy. Once I got over that, then it became much easier. And actually people would come up to me and be like, what are you doing? And I could pitch my, my business, you know, which is cool. Well, we'll give a shout out to your business now while we're on topic so people can find it. Yeah. So it's the get better project at the get better project pretty much all over the internet and the workouts are based off of our workouts that we've done out of the van so we did them for about a year and realized hey we could be really fit using a couple dumbbells and a kettlebell let's write our program and then share it with people and we upscale it and downscale it for people that don't have any equipment or have full home gyms but it's it's really based off of like a home gym program do you do you find you have a lot of people that are on the road like you using it no, most of the people are just home gym. They're just they're, home gym. Yeah. In their garage or people that just want to work out, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, people that want to work out from home or work out quickly without having to go to a gym. Those are our, our typical clientele. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's great because they, they, like we've said, you don't need a lot. You just get in, get out. You're finding you can stay incredibly fit that way. And you're, you're testing these workouts because you're doing them on the road. And I, I, th I think that's incredible. I think you're showing people, hey, you can live this nomadic lifestyle, but not let it impact your fitness. Oh, yeah. So w when you were saying you were doing like these workouts outside of Whole Foods or Starbucks, was it because you knew you needed to do more work and you didn't want to leave and have to come back? Well, you, you know, I like as an entrepreneur, there's never a lack of work to be done. And I like what I do. I really enjoy it. So I, I just try and schedule out my day as much as possible. And if I can walk, you know, 50 yards and do my workout there, as opposed to like having to drive someplace or like wait until we get back to the campground at that time, maybe you're tired, you're ready to eat or whatnot. Uh, I would just walk out there and, and get it done and then go back into the Whole Foods or Starbucks and continue working. And, you know, I've got my workout done for the day. Did anyone ever come up to you and stop you? Like, what are you doing? And then wind up <laughs> following your programming? Uh, I've had a couple of people sign up for the free 30 days, but I don't think anyone is. Um, 
No, we've had some pretty interesting kind of uh, weird small world circumstances where people have followed, but not from the parking line. I think this is the most important time, in my opinion, to be following something. I agree. Because I, agree. I, I can tell you for the first, what's we're going on two months for us, like right about now is when we kind of quarantined ourselves right around like March 11th, 12th. Um, and the gym shut down. And for the first month, I was just like a mess. Like I was working out every day, but it was like, what am I going to do? I'd scroll through Instagram. I'd find something. And what really helped us was getting a Peloton and, you know, just feeling accountable to that. But then also just kind of figuring out, okay, I need to follow something. So I know there's no excuses where oftentimes if you're like, I'll do this or I'll do that nothing happens. Yep. I completely agree. And something that's worked really well within our program is we do these daily challenges every month and we have a new one. So like right now we're doing a plank daily challenge. And what we ask people to do is post in our, our Facebook group that they've done it. And the daily challenges tend to add up. So we'll have like multiple levels of them. Like people right now are doing the plank, plus they're keeping track of their water and they're logging their nutrition in my fitness pal. So every single day when they've done that, they'll write, all right, I planked for two minutes today. I logged all my water. This is the number of ounces I hit and I logged my food. And then other people, because they've posted it, start posting as well. And you know, they like the posts and they, you know, put little funny gifts on them. And that community has really, really thrived in this time because I think that people are looking for the connection right now. I'm going to look into it. I'd love to, like I was saying, I think it's important to follow something, but I'm not really following anything specifics i'll definitely check that out i need to um hop on board like i said i get on the bike every day and then it's how do i feel what do i want to do versus here's what you need to do today and i yeah, think man. in general that's why boxes thrive versus a globo gym because people don't want to think about it no i agree so many people talk about this van living you know everybody wants to do it myself included what are some of the other challenges that the average person is not aware of when it comes to this is i would say that it's if you're gonna work you need to have yourself scheduled out because it will be really easy to slide into like either there's a bunch of fun stuff to do or you're not sure where you're going to be able to work because that could be that you don't have a cell signal so you can't get online or you don't have a coffee shop that's going to have fast enough internet so once you get that taken care of or the thought process of it down by knowing, for example, our, our system is that maybe if we have cell phone service, we'll just work from the van and that'd be fine. We'll just work where we're at. But if we don't, then we're going to go to coffee shop number one, number two, or number three. And I, I kid you not, there are several times where we go to, it takes a third coffee shop to have fast enough internet for us to get work done. And that's just basic work. I mean, Emily, my fiance does work for a pet insurance company. so she's working in their in their claims department and she doesn't need super fast internet but she needs it reliable and she needs it to work and sometimes that's still the third coffee shop which which pet insurance company does she work for for true panion oh that's what we use oh yeah nice (laughs) (laughs) next time we need something we'll reach out to her so i i assume you kind of set your day up as well and try to accomplish the work that doesn't require wi-fi which is you know minimal at this point and you always have your phone right so you can always you're always in touch with the outside world is is there some kind of peace to not having wi-fi at points oh my gosh if you can yeah disconnect and not have anything there are some major good things i feel like that happen from that there's a couple of places through like idaho and montana where you're just like it doesn't matter. You can't connect. There's nothing like we take for take it for granted that we can just like connect to things. But there are parts of this country that are vast and empty with, you know, animals and stuff, but no oh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, we, we drove from Colorado to uh, California last fall. And there were times you couldn't be on a phone call if you didn't load your GPS ahead of time. You know, you don't know where you're going. So it's it's i think for most people we don't realize hey there's still a lot of areas in the united states that don't have good wi-fi yeah and i i california is one of them you just mentioned it california has the some bottom, big spots 
Yeah, if you come in down to the bottom, you know, coming in from like Vegas, which we did. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you, you didn't realize. I didn't realize like there's. It just shows too. There's still a lot of land left in this country. There is a lot. What What's been your favorite spot? Oh my gosh, that's the question right there. There are so many. I love. Uh, I, well. First of all, in the winter, I love your neck of the woods, man. Your neck of the woods is great. We had some great times out there, um, like in Steamboat area. Oh, man. Copper Mountain, wonderful in the winter. Uh, and then Southern Utah in the summer or like the swing seasons when it's not too hot. Dude, if you like outdoor stuff, mountain biking, trail running, hiking, it's like you're on a different planet down there. It's unbelievable. So I, I would say that that area in general is one of my favorites. And Emily and I both love Big Bend, which is down in Texas. And it's right on the Texas-Mexico border. It's like middle of nowhere, Texas. But it is amazing. There's like rivers. There's like different, there, there's like mountains. There's desert. It's, it's a really cool place. And then the last thing that's something that we didn't really realize, having been on the West Coast, um, and is not really part of the van life, but because, and uh, we didn't necessarily mention this, but we're trying to go to all the national parks in the United States. The U.S. Virgin Islands has a national park. So you go, we drove to Miami and then we flew to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And if you guys, or if anybody's ever looking for an awesome island vacation, that place is freaking legit. We would put our goggles in our running packs and we would go trail running from different places to swim or snorkel. And there was like reefs and turtles. And then you'd go into the trails and you'd see like ruins i mean and petroglyphs it was unbelievable man yeah i think that was when you were down by me in florida right it was yeah because we tried to hook up and then we couldn't make it work so we did yeah. the interview via skype or that, that's right yeah. so that that sounds really interesting how many of the national parks have you been to um so there's i believe it's like 62 of them now somewhere around 57 i want to say somewhere. Yeah, so you've you've almost finished is that your goal before kind of um you got a list there oh so they, that's cool so they make a list and oh you made that yourself uh this one was from the parks project which is just a company i believe it's a non-profit that helps to support the national parks so you've been so you only have five to go it's something like that. And a couple of them have popped up while we're on the trip. So we're not sure if we're really counting them, uh, but we'll probably try to make it back there at some point anyway. Right. Otherwise it can be never ending. Like there's always new ones yeah. popping. Is that when, when do you envision van life coming to an end? That's a fantastic question because if you would have asked me this question when van life was starting, we would have said, Oh, we're going to do it for about a year. And now we had come up on two years where we had no end in sight. And our next thought was, all right, we, we bought mountain bikes about six months ago or something like that. And we'd like to go back and mountain bike at a lot of these places that we had, you know, trail run or whatnot, because there's so much fun stuff to do on a mountain bike. I don't really know, man. I know that there's a, a spot that we'd like to eventually live, but we haven't really come to the conclusion of when we want to stop the van life thing, especially because we did our first winter, like I said earlier, at you know down in your neck of the woods, and it was unbelievable. It was very cold in the van, don't get me wrong, but it was unbelievable to be able to bounce around to different ski resorts. When you say... Um... Oh, you, you said something. Well, first of all, I want to ask you this. You know, you, you're traveling around. Do you miss just this opportunity to shower? <laughs> well, we have a shower in the van. so if, Is it actually in there? Yeah. So, like, if that door there is the shower. Although, I do have to squat down while I'm using the shower because it's a pretty small setup. And we have a shower out the back as well. So, we've got a dual shower system. Showers are possible, but I would like to say that when you live in a van, you tend to care about that a little bit less. So I would say, <laughs> I'm not sure we want to say this on the podcast, but I would say that every third day would be a good shower day, you know, for us, even though it, it's available, you just tend to <laughs> make it less important. <laughs> You're also going at times into water. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting a little bit, a little bit cleaner. So, so you, this is something you think right now you're going to continue with for the, for the long term. It's just so fun to be able to be in a location and live your life the way that you would normally. So it, before we lived in Seattle, we could do all the cool things in Seattle, but if we wanted to go to Colorado, you know, we'd have to go there on a vacation or we'd have to like pay for a hotel room or something like that and continue working and do the cool things in Colorado. So it became very expensive. But because we have this van now, we could drive to Colorado and we could hang out there for as long as we would like to and do all the cool things in your neck of the woods and continue working. And yeah, we'd have to pay for a campground, but campgrounds are significantly less than rent. And if you really wanted to, you could do it for free and go and camp on BLM land or, you know, go to Walmarts or whatnot. We tend to not do that. We like to have showers available and things like that because we're working. So we have an income while we're doing this, but yeah. Well, and, and that was another question, you know, outside of the cost of a van, which, you know, say someone's listening, like, okay, I'm intrigued. What does a, I mean, you're, you look like you're just in the living room. So what is it? What is a typical van like that? What, what are like the ranges you can run for the van itself? Yes. Yeah. So you could probably do it pretty cheap um, with like used van and everything like that. Get low as and like 30 or 40 grand, I would say. Um, but it's, you know, your amenities are far less. You're probably driving a two wheel drive used van. So there's definitely possible and you could, I'm sure you could even do it uh, cheaper than that. If you really wanted to get thrifty and find a, a used van that needed some work, put in some wrench time, you could do it less than that. Our van, and we did piece it together, so we even got a pretty good deal on it. All in, we're about 120000 for our van. And that, it has a pop top, you know, so Sportsmobile cut the top off where our bed is up top. We have a separate bed. We actually have two beds then um, in the back here. You know, we've got 20 gallons of water. We have solar up top. We've got a refrigerator which is about half the size of a normal refrigerator we got a, uh, we have an instant pot in this thing so pretty functional see so, i mean you're basically driving around in a house yeah a small a small house a, you know 80 square foot house <laughs> <laughs> a room a room so what, what what's a typical month cost to live on the road in a van you know, it really depends on the area that you're in. I would say that the campgrounds that we go to are going to be anywhere from like $25 to, we're usually staying at like $25 to $40 a night campgrounds. And we probably stay in those on uh, 20 to 25 days out of the month. Um, so, so $500 say. Yeah, it can, it can range, but yeah, that's the case. I, I mean, and then sometimes it'll be in certain places where we'll be almost a whole month without having to pay any, any campground fees because there just happens to be really great BLM land or something like that in the area. So it is variable. And I would say the highest price we've ever paid for a campground, which we did not stay at for more than one night was at, I think $120 in Northern California. So they can get pretty, pretty expensive. Just, it really depends. It really depends. Was that nicer? Was it worth the difference in price? Not really. I mean, they had, <laughs> it was a KOA. It had a pool. It had a little clubhouse. Um, but, you know, we didn't utilize many of those things. <laughs> yeah, we went to places like that. And it's just, it's also just very crowded and lots of kids running around peeing in the pool type of thing. 100%. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the like sketchiest place you've ever parked for the night? Oh man, that, that's the question. The sketchiest place. It probably was a Walmart in like the middle of nowhere, like South Dakota or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question that I don't have a solid answer for. I'm trying to think of like, when did I feel scared the last time we were sleeping in the van? I can't really think of them. Most of the time, what I'm worried about when I'm in the van is if we have the mountain bikes hanging off the back and I'm like half asleep because I don't want somebody to come and try and steal the mountain bikes, you know, thousands of dollars. They could, if somebody really wanted to. They could so do you bring them inside when you go to bed? They don't fit inside. So we have to just lock them to the van as best we can and kind of keep one ear open. Yeah, assume if you lock them up, hopefully something would wake you if someone's trying to grab them off your van in the middle of the night. That's the, that's the hope. 
what's what's your go-to meal to make on the road in the van um we typically do a bunch of salads um we've been going less meat lately so we're doing like uh corn uh spinach or some types of mixed salad or we'll do like farro in the instant pot with some sort of like meat substitute um i do a lot of oatmeal so cooking up oatmeal um but it, yeah, it's pretty, usually some sort of a salad and then you know, carbohydrate, whether it be farro or uh, sweet potatoes. And, and what about laundry? I can't imagine you have a lot of clothes with you. No, we have, we each get one drawer and uh, half of this wardrobe thing. And I would say I have probably 10 t-shirts somewhere around like six pairs of underwear, you know, five shorts, two pairs of pants and three pairs of shoes. And is, is this everything? Is this all that you guys have? Or do you guys have a place still where you have more of your belongings? So when we decided to do this trip, which it took about three years for us to go from like, we're going to do this to actually hitting the road. We sold as much as we possibly could. We have like two bins that we have in Emily's parents' attic area and then got rid of everything else. So we literally just dumped it all. Does it, is it... That feels good, right? It's amazing. <laughs> well, what would you give if, if someone was like, hey, I like this idea, but I'm not quite committed to going on a van like these two crazy people. What would you tell them to do about it as far as just what they own? I mean, you could get a cheap storage unit. I would say if you don't want to get rid of anything, if you don't want to really purge, which I recommend doing because like you said, it feels amazing. Well, and you, that's what I mean. Just in general, like as far as just purging, not, not hitting the road, but just two people that live in a home, what would you say about, about both belongings and ownership and purging? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a really good friend named Rory that has kind of set the stage for me on this. And he's done a really amazing job at getting rid of things that need. So I forget what it is that he, that he plays by, but it's something like if you go through your life and you have something that you're not going to use, that's, that's not a seasonal type of thing. You're not going to use it every single week. Then just get rid of it. You know, if it's like that jacket that, you know, you paid $200 for, for loot from Lululemon and you're like, man, I really like wearing this on that one particular day in the fall, you know, just get rid of it. And having these less things, it, it, I don't think you can really get someone to understand it until they've done it. But once you've done it, then you understand it, you know, and it can be hard at first because you're throwing away things that you paid money for, but it is so great to feel unattached. And my first experience was with that. I lived in New York city uh, years ago and I had to, I was moving back to the Seattle. So I had a little Subaru Impreza and I needed to fit everything that I owned that I wanted to take back with, with me in that Impreza because I didn't have enough money to like ship all this stuff across the country. So that was my first experience with it. And I never really started buying things like furniture or anything like that. Again, after that, I would try and rent that particular stuff or like I would be living with friends that had it. And it was amazing because when something like this van opportunity came up, it, I didn't have a lot of things that I needed to get rid of that, you know, weren't important to me. It's like my computer is important. To me, my dumbbells and my barbells are important. You know, I've got five or 10 t-shirts that are usually, I've got that one. I've got the inside tracker t-shirt. That's one I keep. You got one uh, of these? This oh, is like yeah. one of, it's funny. It's, it's <laughs> like my, one of my favorite t-shirts. Like you're saying, it's just certain shirts become the, the shirts you wear anyway. And yep. everything else you just never, the quarantine has been great because it's like making me think about that. And I've just gotten rid of so much. And yeah, this is one of the shirts that is just very comfortable. Oh my gosh, yeah. What is a fight that you had with your fiance that now you can look back and laugh about because you were, it had to do only with the fact that you were living in a van? Well, I would start off by saying that if you're going to live in a van with somebody, make sure that you really enjoy that person and being with them a lot. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that more now that we have oh, this, yeah. this you know, stay at home order in place. 
Emily and I were the type of couple though, that when we first started dating, we practically move in, moved in together right away. And we always have done everything together. We just have a personality that we like to do all, all the same things, you know, I mean, uh, and we just make similar choices. So we're not like the opposites attract at all. We're like the, the same person attracts kind of a thing. Um, so we don't have a whole bunch of, of arguments as it relates. And I would, I will try and be humble and say that any of the arguments that we've had in the van always have to do with me not eating enough food, <laughs> you know, Joe so she, needs to eat a lot of food regularly to be happy. <laughs> and it, so getting hangry is not a good thing. No, never. And it's hard though. Thing. It's hard, right? Because you, you don't have a full size fridge, so you need to make sure it's stocked ahead of time. And 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 you know, with foods, you also want to eat. Oh, absolutely! Like snacks are the biggest thing. When we go to load up, we have this van. Like you wouldn't want to sit in the back of it because you've got two huge snack bins of just like protein bars and like uh, I do these like chickpeas as snacks because they're crunchy and oh there's this bada bing i don't know if you've heard of them oh yeah the the red bag is my favorite (laughs) Uh, oh i can eat a whole bag of those Uh, i love them that's like my go-to right now oh man yeah me too what's one thing you've stopped doing because you live in a van hmm one thing i've stopped doing could be good or could be bad i mean for example what I think about, it's like, okay, I really have a, like a, a stretching routine and I like, and I'm like, okay, you're a little confined. So it might be harder to find that space unless you're outdoors. But of course, if you're outdoors in the winter, not a fun time to stretch. No. Yeah. I mean, you bring that up and we used to do something like Ramwad every single day and we don't do that anymore, or at least we don't do it as often because there's not enough space. And there have been times though, that we've done that in the van in this very small um, area. So I would say that most of the things that I miss giving up for, for are being able to actually go, you know, hang out with people, right? Because we're on the road, we're like nomadic. So the things that we've given up are, have been the in-person relationships, which people do come and visit us. And that's cool. We get to have those types of experiences. But one of the, my favorite things that I have ever done like as a routine is our saturday morning um like friends and family workouts that we would do where we'd get together on saturday morning like every saturday morning for you know eight years straight and we do a a series of team workouts it's like a freaking competition every saturday you know you'd set up like two hours worth of workouts that had breaks and stuff in in between them but we would just all get together all throw down on things that were super hard and then we'd go have brunch after that. So, um, and you know, I'm sure you're, you're similar, but like my gym family is like my family and my, you know, blood family gets involved with that too. So like we're this whole big conglomerate of, of really good people that like to do things and support each other. So I would say that that's been the biggest thing and we try and keep in touch with those people, but it's not the same as, as getting together on a Saturday morning. Yeah, well, we're all dealing with basically that same issue right now, right? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully hopefully this will pass and you guys can hit the road again. One last question. I assume you need to order stuff from like Amazon. Where do you have it delivered to? So since we're, since we're frequenting so many of the Whole Foods, you can do Amazon lockers at Whole Foods, which is really oh, nice. Yeah. We'll do that when we can, or we'll hook up with people like yourself when they're coming through the area and be like, hey, Jason, would you mind if I had a a whole bunch of stuff shipped to you and I'll go and pick it up. <laughs> so we've we done do that. that. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, so that those are our two things that we use as far as shipping. All right. So, you know, you're, you're currently stuck at the fiance's parents, you know, your quote-unquote in-laws. Hopefully, what what's going to be the first thing that's like, okay, we can leave again? What's going to be the deciding factor right now? As soon as the government opens up campgrounds, we'll do that. Right now, there's private campgrounds that are opening up with limited space, but the government campgrounds haven't fully opened up. Once that happens, we'll probably start to make our way down to the, the Utah, Colorado area, do some mountain biking. We're taking a Grand, uh, Grand Canyon rafting trip at the end of summer, which should still be on. Um, we're, you know, fingers are crossed 
cross and then we're doing a mountain bike race in uh cortez so we're going to be down in that area for a little while which will hopefully be sooner rather than later well sounds like we might actually get a chance to link up then i hope so that'd be awesome you're, you're kind of like a feral animal though are you becoming are you becoming like <laughs> too um what's domesticated right now like is it going to be too hard for you to get moving again uh no definitely not i mean i i feel like this the separation is more towards my personality you know i tend to be more of an introvert and i'm like okay with like being alone for long periods of time um so when we're actually around a lot of people i feel more so that i need to get away than uh the other way around so totally get it well Joe, it's been great chatting with you. Can you give a couple shout outs to the Get Better Project and anything you guys have going on so people can check you out? Yeah, absolutely. So head over to the getbetterproject.com slash 30 days if you guys would like to try the program for 30 days where we, you know, we not only give you workouts, but we do athlete check-ins and coaching every single week to make sure that you're optimizing your life from you know, stress to sleep to all of that fun stuff. And uh, if you just like to follow along with us, head over to the Get Better Project on uh, any of the social accounts and we'd love to interact with you. I'm definitely going to check it out. You can also check out your personal Instagram, right? Is that all around Joe? Yep. All around Joe. We do podcasting. We have, you know, all kinds of fun stuff where you learn about what I'm doing on a regular basis. Yep. All around Joe. Awesome. Well, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. I wish you guys the best and I hope you guys can, can leave soon um, and, and get back on your trip. And I hope that if you make it out to Colorado this year, we get to actually hang out. We can do a couple of podcasts in person. Uh, we're we're going to make that happen for sure. All right, cool. Yeah. I'd love to get out and do some outdoor activities. I'm, I'm notoriously bad about that. I like being in beautiful areas and not get out enough. So I look forward to meeting up with you and Emily and hopefully my wife and I, we can get out with you and, and do some fun things. Let's do it. Appreciate it, Jason. Thanks, Joe. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.